0: Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher bakarbanu mikol hamin, v'natanlanu etorato, baruch atah Adonai, noten HaTorah
1: amen. Amen. <coughs> All right, well, shalom. We are in uh, Pirke Aleph still in Romans. Uh, verse Kaf and uh, Kaf Bet 22, verse 22, 20 and, sorry, verse 22 and 23. Um, and we are also this week on in Parsha Tzav, which is Pirkei Vav, chapter 6, Aleph to Pirkei Chet, 8, Gimel 3. Vav, which is 36, verse 36. Right. So this Drosh be the dedication of um, the full Shlema of Esther Markovitz. And why don't you begin? Well, met, yeah, should I uh, just dive in right to the to the, the first verse we have here? Let's do it. All right. Claiming to be. Chakmim, wise ones, they became Kesalim fools.
0: Amen. Alright, so um, there's a little event coming up this week called Purim. And I wanted to have us connect Parsha Zav, Purim, and the Egedit passages that we're going over tonight. Uh, And looking at this first part about the The proclamation that is being made about being a wise person if it doesn't come from Hashem or come from his Torah chances are it's not going to be wisdom because there's a proverb that says there's a way that seems right to a man but in the end it leads in death and then this passage that Shaul is writing right here he says that they became fools so The opposite here is actually happening when it's a self-proclamation. So pulling down from the Peshitta text and the Aramaic and all of that goodness with the Hebrew, because Aramaic and Hebrew uh, have the same uh, connotations. They're like pretty much uh, twin brothers. Uh, It's really cool if you look at it. This is why we know that the Messiah's name is Yeshua, because in Hebrew, it's Yehoshua, which is shortened to Yeshua, as we see in Ezra and Nehemiah in different passages uh, for the name for Joshua. And in Aramaic, Yehoshua's name is spelled Yeshua. So you kind of see how these two things uh, parallel. So looking at this text here, the word for self-proclamation is basically saying that they're giving themselves their own choice of their own animating soul. So, in other words, uh, the the word is nefesh, okay? And nefesh, if you remember, there are five levels of soul. There's the nefesh, the ruach, the neshama, the chaya, and yehida, And the nefesh is the lowest of the levels of your soul. So, like... The nefesh is in charge of things like, oh man, I'm hungry. I need to take care of myself. The ruach is a little bit more thought oriented. You start to bring in your emotions. The neshama gets into the spiritual things, being filled with the spirit, desiring Torah. Like there's the inner delight that I want to do the will of Hashem, but yet it's at war with the things of the flesh, you know, that kind of back and forth battle that goes on. So you have your neshama and your ruach pulling you higher while you're in the flesh is kind of like i need to take care of myself in this world so you can kind of see how there's the battle of the flesh and of the spirit that's going on in those first three levels and then when you get into kaya and yakida kaya is all about life you know so anything of the spirit that brings life you know how we're supposed to choose life of the word and things like that and then you get into yakida which is like the highest level of soul. That's the part in our morning brakkot that we pray about the soul that you've created within me is pure. And um, we use the word neshama literally in the e of that bracha. but that's speaking to connecting really beyond that level of our soul into the Yakida. So going from neshama to Yakida is how we start to see that really that spark of who we are that is all the way attached and connected to Hashem is like what we're talking about there. So when you really get back to this passage in verse 22 here, it's not even on the level of Ruach or Neshama, it's down at Nefesh. So this has the connotations of like lustful, craving, um, mundane, earthly, and things like that. Literally, one of the translations here from the Peshitta is saying that this is the seat of intelligence and culture, the inner self. So in other words, you're looking around you to consider yourself wise. And so what was going on in Purim is that Haman is the embodiment of one who considered himself so wise, so amazing, that he knew without a shadow of a doubt that he's going to pay all this money to the king he wrote out a decree the king said yeah i'll seal that and he sealed it and he thought yeah the jews are going down i'm wiping out everything and at the same time we learned through the midrashim that he has an underlying agenda to even wipe out king Rosh himself so this is all coming from the fact of him considering himself to be the end all be all amazing one. And it's one of these things where Shaul is connecting here that if we go back to where we've been, talking about the why I shall live by faith and what's been happening with the denial of Hashem's outright divinity, godliness, revelation revealed to us what we should be truly grabbing a hold of and what has been happening with people who distort the truth. Now we're at this level of, it's going to be my way, And if you really look at how this really connects to parashah Zav, Hashem lays out the intricacies of what it means to connect with him. Parashah Zav, the literal word Zav, means connection. And it's actually the root of mitzvah. And we see that it's all about sacrifices. It's all about giving up ourself and transferring our passions into the passions that Hashem desires for us and so when you really look at the overall picture of what is going on when you put this whole tapestry together it's about how we have to let our nefesh and its desires die on the fire of the altar and the word of Hashem because again Zav, Mitzvah, the word of Hashem it's full of Mitzvot you know and Mashiach says if you love me you will be Shomer Mitzvot You know, so it has to happen through love. It has to happen through fire. It has to happen through sacrifice. We have to give up ourselves, take away what we think and grab a hold of what Hashem thinks, because that's the only way that true wisdom happens, because any other way causes us to be quesaline, which is fools. So I'll hand it over to you now.
1: Mm. Wow. So to clarify, you're saying, um, for example, these these ones in Romans in, in Rome that began to claim claim themselves as wise. In a sense, they were um, they were uh, how would you say it? They were obviously, you know, no longer acknowledging the Torah, obviously, but but elevating or acknowledging another form of truth, which is not, I guess, truth correct? Is that, is that in part what you're saying? And then also you're saying that the spirit, their very soul um, was not elevated to the highest of, stand, of, of states, but they were more so elevating their, their basic uh, soul level, yes. correct?
0: Their, their animalistic drives are in control of what is the consideration of wisdom. So it mm. has nothing to do with the word of Hashem because our previous <sighs> verses talk about suppressing Hashem, like suppressing truth and distorting truth and contorting it. And when you start doing that, you now determine how to connect to Hashem. You now determine which way to worship Hashem. You now determine what should be your agenda, not what is the what is the whole mode of why Hashem created the world in the first place. That doesn't even register to you if you're in this frame of mind. So, I'm speaking to the idea of who's creating and who's in control and who's in charge. So okay. does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. It's obviously with, as we work through these verses, yeah, it's in descending order as to they're falling from one state to the next.
0: Man, and it's getting on. worse, like
1: you said, that, like they suppress the truth and then from there um, they begin to rationalize differently. You know, And uh, it reminds me of, uh, Yeshua and others, they, you know, um, in in Mishlei as well. King Shlomo talking about, you know, a dog returned to its vomit and, and a, a pig to its swallow. It's it's the back to its mud. So, um, you know, those are the fools. So, I can, right. see, I can see see why he, he's bringing this forward.
0: And you know, it's really cool because it's talking about. They have their own thinking. They have their own thought and proclamation. And it's kind of like because that's the uh, because that is the, the circumstance, they're not actually allowed to see and they're not able to see that what they think is wisdom is actually folly. So in, to tie to what you just illustrated, the dog returning to its vomit, it's because it's like this is vomit to like the rational thinking mind, the one who doesn't consider themselves wise and understands subjugation to a shim, we can see that's not good. That's very gross. That is absolutely not right. But yet this person's like, this this is not vomit. And I'm a dog. Like I'm the king around here and I'm going to eat right now. And it's just kind of like, I don't know what you're talking about. You have, first of all, you have no right to talk to me like that kind of thing and so it's just kind of like but you step back and you're just like this person is a dog returning to their vomit and they don't even know it and they don't care and they actually think it's the opposite so like what do you even do with that wow and Mm. again I love how we're we're, we've been going through this podcast for a little bit now uh, and you'd think we'd be out of the first chapter but it's things like this that make it awesome that we're taking our time to go through this because you have to realize everything is connected to the beginning. Everything is connected to the beginning because we're going to get later down the road in this letter and get into more concepts. But if we don't remember how Shaul started this off and what is the foundation that Shaul is teaching from, then of course, it's going to sound like he's teaching against Torah teaching against being Jewish, teaching against Judaism. And it's just like, okay, so we're talking about a person who considers himself wise because why? Oh yeah, they distorted the truth and suppressed the sham and things that are outright revealed through creation, they're turning their face away from it. And it's like, oh, okay, now I get it. And we have to remember, stay connected.
1: <laughs> hmm. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And then they're forsaking they're forsaking Amunah because obviously they're like he, he was like it says, I guess in the next verse here, and trade the Kavod, the glory of the incorruptible God for mere likeness of the Demut image or icon. So they're, you know, because for Amunah is to see the unseen. But yes. here they're deciding not to long, no longer see that which is unseen, but to only see that which is seen. Um. Yep. So that's yeah. It's pretty clear here. You said go back to Ghani, Then going back to the beginning. Going going back to well, this of the of the Garrett of this letter itself, but just you know, really getting context is 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 very important important.
0: Yes, and um, you know, and Shaul lets the the writers know that you know. Um, let me see. I'm gonna go back here to. Uh, The beginning, I'm going to go back to the beginning because he really states, you know, why he is doing this. You know, he says in verse uh, 14 that I am obligated morally and under obligation to both cultured speakers and non-cultured Greek speakers, first of all, and non-Greek speaking barbarians, both learned and untutored. And my eagerness to preach the good news of redemption to you who are in Rome. So like his whole thing is about preaching the renewal of humanity through the first Adam. We all died because we decided that we could eat from the tree and it'd be totally fine because we were under the counsel of Haman, which is the serpent. Haman and serpent are types and shadows of one another. And Haman descends from Amalek, who descends from Asaph, who descends from uh, Cain, who descends from the serpent. And you would think, well, Cain was the son of Abel. But yes, he was under the influence of the serpent. That's why he was the first one to kill somebody. The serpent was the first one to kill somebody. He killed all of us because he said, hey, Hava, come eat from this tree and give it to your husband. And it's just like, okay, good. I got what I wanted. And Hashem's like, what what happened here? And the blame started being thrown around. The serpent made me do it. No, she made me do it. No, he made me do it. He didn't say anything. She didn't say anything. And Hashem's standing back the whole time like, I told you guys, you just had one job, you know? And it's just like, we didn't want to do it because why? because we wanted to listen to somebody else and take into consideration something else. And that's where it all, like, that's the root of it. And so Shaul is like, I'm writing this letter because I need to let everybody know that renewal has officially begun. Everything that's been prophesied is now made manifest. Remember the 16th of Nissan that just happened. Well, in his time when he's writing this letter, it happened a while ago because he didn't just start writing a letter as soon as Yeshua was resurrected and all that kind of stuff because he was still killing people who followed Yeshua. (laughs) So now he's writing to people that follow Yeshua. So what kind of change is that? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so somewhere down the road, he decides, hey, we need to start talking about the Geula. And, uh, you know, here's some some encouragement.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I was. um really to correlate with um, Yeshua's words in Yochanan chapter eight, forty-four. For you are the children of the Father, your devil, the devil, and you love to do the the evil things he does. He was a murderer from Bereshit from the beginning. He, he always, he has always hated the truth, the MS, the truth, the amet, because there is no truth ames in him. When he lies, he is consistent with his character. He's a liar and the father of lies. So just tying in with, you know, in the beginning, like you said, uh, Cain's father was Asetan, Christy, be he. Um, Two distinctions of either your son of Abraham or your son of um, the devil.
0: And again, that's in verse 19, where it says they cling to their evil and wickedly suppress the truth. It's just kinda of like, okay, so if you're a person who does that, you're making yourself if you're not a son of that this the certain the serpent, then you're making yourself an adopted son of the serpent, and we have to stop doing that. <laughs> uh, mm. Purim is all about choosing who your dad's gonna be. You think, oh Purim, I thought we were talking about the story of Esther. Well, yeah, Esther was showing us who her father was. Esther is showing us who the Redeemer is. The whole story of Purim is all about Hashem being concealed, but yet being revealed through the fact of who are we choosing to be a child of? How are we carrying ourselves? How Who are we connected to, ultimately, is the picture of that. And again, Parsha Zav, teaches us how to connect to Hashem there are so many times that believers in Yeshua who love the word of God want to say yeah I just want to connect with God I just want to live for him and I just want to worship him I just want to serve him I just want to be connected to him I want to live constantly in his presence and it's just kind of like so how do you do that and who's giving you those marching orders of how to do that it's like well you know I go to church on Sunday and I have, uh, I celebrate his birth, even though I know it's not really his birth, but we don't want to talk any more about that because it's such a good family time. And then, you know, I celebrate his resurrection, his death, man, he died for me. And it's just kind of like, nowhere in all of that have you told me how to live constantly in that connection? Because there's a whole lot of what what's stated in that, that comes from history and traditions that were developed from the council of people who rejected the truth. And that, I mean, not to even just try to be, you know, anti-Christian or anti-whatever. That's simple facts that the only reason that Schmeester exists and um, Xmas exists and Shalloween exists is because there are people who suppress the truth. There are people who took, the word of God and the glory of God and put a mask on it and said, this is how we're going to do it. And so it's just kind of like, so if Hashem has his Torah, that's completely connected to all of the letters connected to the gospel accounts. And no one wants to pay heed to the Torah and subject themselves to the Torah. But yet they want to say, I believe in Messiah and I want to do these other things. Shaul is writing to us right here. I mean, literally, chapter one of his letter, he's writing to us. Do not suppress the truth. (laughs) Do not trade in the glory of God for the image of mere mortality, mundanity. And Hashem and Parashat is like, this is the teaching, the guided teaching, a.k.a. this is the Torah of the elevation offering. If you want to be a person who elevates out of your nefesh, If you want to be a person who elevates out of the thoughts and desires of this world, this is how you do it. And then he goes Mm -hmm. into burnt offerings and eating and um, impurities and sin and all that kind of stuff being transformed from that. And it's just kind of like, but we don't have a temple, so I don't have to pay attention to that. And it's just like, if that's the thought, that comes directly from the serpent. Put the serpent down get in the mikvah and let's go. So anyway, I want to hand it back over to you because before we wrap up, I just want to spend some time talking about Purim and defeating Amalek and getting ready for Pesach.
1: Yeah. Well, I liked, I liked how he, when you had mentioned just about Perma, how really it's all about seeing, it's really it's about seeing the unseen and that which is concealed is revealed. Um, and obviously that's through the renewing of the mind, like will speaks about later in the same, um, you get it same the same letter here in, in Romans uh, 12 too. Yes. Formed the pattern of this world, the principles of this, of this world, but you transform by the renewing of your mind so you would be able to test and approve what's, what's Hashem's, what's God's will, is His good, pleasing, and perfect will, or His perfect Torah. Hmm. So, it's in contrast, obviously, to these others that he's speaking about, whose minds have been become corrupt, and so these minds are not renewed, and uh, and they're not able to test what's and approve what is God's will. Obviously, they're yeah, in right. complete contrast to God's will. They completely desire that which is evil, that which is wicked. Um, and like you said, you know, unless someone sees that they're a dog, and acknowledges it, that this is vomit. How else are they going to be able to get out of their situation um, if they don't acknowledge and you know be able to or given the eyes to see? So, yes.
0: you know, well, a shame
1: of himself predominantly, you know, he's the one that really draws men all to himself as Yeshua speaks about. Oh,
0: Amen. May we be drawn? All right, so. Oh. To, to talk about verse 23, the word that I'm using to launch into this is actually the word for traded. Uh, it also can be translated as changed. And it can also be translated as overlay, as in put a mask on it.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> you know, when, uh, when I was looking through some of the definitions on this word, It literally means to like pass by like as a period of time, you know, as in other words, like I'm going to let time pass by until my bill is late. Like I'm going to just let things go by. Like I, it's been 2000 years and people have just been letting truth go by. Just we're just not going to deal with it because it's been 2000 years of quote unquote awesomeness. Not really. I don't know how that's been considered awesome because no one is teaching that followers of Messiah did not call him Jesus. They called him Yeshua and they kept Torah. So like they've used this same word in verse 23. Also a little drop from the Targum Yonatan on Bereshit 30 verse 21 about the birth of Dina. It says that Leah was about to be pregnant with the next son and she was looking to her sister who did not have even one son yet. And yet Leah and her handmaid are having all the tribes. You know, they're, they're having birth to all these sons. And Leah's like, if I have birth to one more son, then my sister, she will only be able to have one son, Beth Shem, if she's able to conceive because she hasn't been able to thus far. So what does she do? It says that the prayer of Leah, she prayed and called, she prayed that she would bear a daughter and not a son, basically. So the Targum says this, and the prayer of Leah was heard before Hashem, and the infants were changed, i.e. they were overlaid. They were made different. They were passed by the same word we're using here in the you get it, And it says that Yosef was given to the womb of Rachel, and Dina was given to the womb of Leah. And so this word that's used for overlay, the literal Hebrew is chalaf, khet, lamet, fe. and it says this: it means to change or exchange. It also means to uh, to let's see the other word here: change or mix up, or to change an appearance i.e. like our masking and our overlaying that we're talking about and so it's just kind of like what are we doing here with Purim why are we dressing up the number one well both number one and number two the redeemers of the uh, Jewish people here who really act as one uh, is Esther and Mordecai and Esther the whole time was told by Mordecai do not let them know you're a Jew The whole time, Mordecai was known as a Jew, but he did not play up that status because he just sat at the gate and he was in sackcloth and ashes, just like Mashiach Yeshua, who's sitting at the gates of Rome, wrapped in leprous bandages. So we see this picture here of a suppression of true identity. And then finally, when the decree comes down that the enemy is trying to wipe out the whole entire people, who's revealed? The Jew is revealed. Mordecai comes forth. Not even, like, close to, like, not too far away from that, Mordecai is actually garbed in royal garments and paraded around the city by the one who wants to wipe them out. And I'm talking about Haman. And so you have this whole picture. And shortly after that, Haman gets invited by Esther to the banquet. Esther acts exactly like Hava as far as a type and shadow because she's working under the counsel of her Adam, which is Mordecai. So you have a picture of Adam and Hava rectified. Okay, so if you want to type and shadow Adam and Hava, they fell in the garden by listening to the serpent and eating what the serpent presented to them. But this time they work together, i.e. Esther and Mordecai typing and shadowing the redemption that should happen to all men. They invite the serpent to their meal and cause him to meet his downfall. And the cool thing about this is Haman was actually quote-unquote, crucified, hung, or killed, or however you want to say, destroyed, literally on the day that Mashiach was resurrected from the grave. And yes, I'm talking about the 16th of Nisan. And so when you look at this beautiful picture here, Hashem is unmasking and showing us what I had covered up and what I had suppressed. I'm now going to... And what's going to happen? The Jew is going to be revealed... And the serpent is going to be crushed. So when we go into Purim and defeating Amalek with that mentality, we defeat by rejoicing in the victory that Hashem has worked for us because we have connected to him and we have listened to his counsel. And because we celebrate Purim, we're through dressing up and having a very uh, joyous uh, boisterous, happy time. We're reading the whole story of the Megillah all crazy like we ain't got no sense. And it's just like we're laughing, just like it says in Tehillim 126, when it says we will be glad when we return from this exile. And we do that through defeating Amalek, because Amalek is the only one who stands in the way of our final redemption, by the way. If we take him out There is nothing left to hold us back in our exile. Obviously, Mashiach's got to return and that, but we create some serious uh, motivation and influence in the heavenlies when we completely wipe them out. So wipe out a that is. So through Purim, we're doing four specific things, which, by the way, uh, correspond to the four letters of Hashem's name, which according to Shemot, Uh, Chapter 17, verse 16 says that there is a hand on the throne of Hashem that he maintains a war against Amalek from generation to generation. So the name of Hashem in that verse is incomplete. It's only two letters and not four, which means that as long as Amalek exists, the four letter name of Hashem is incomplete. I.e., we're not saying the Elenu, which is the whole uh, bracha that we recite about completing Hashem's name. And so the name of Hashem can only be completed when a name is eradicated. And so through the four things that we do on Purim, we create the four letters of Hashem in complete unity. So it says the four mitzvot is the reading of the Megillah, sending delicacies to one another. We give gifts to the poor and finally feast and rejoice. These four mitzvot on Purim, we elicit the reappearance of the four letters of the holy name in our times, just like it was back then. So that is coming from Shavile Pincus, who I call Shona Pincus, uh, and that's on page three of his crazy, ridiculous sourcing out. So I just want to encourage us all to cry out to Hashem, that we want to be connected to him, that we want to do things his way, that we're tired of a that we want to complete his name, that we want Mashiach, that we want to get out of exile, and that we want proselytes, and we want the Torah of Hashem to be made great and glorious to all mankind. And bring it on in with the Baruch HaBab Hashem Adonai. Baruch (laughs) Shem. Baruch
1: Hashem. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know what to say about that, but pretty much that that really is, this ties in with, uh, with, you know, ushering, this says ushering the day of his return. Um, we would see it in our days. And we, like you said, you know, uh, we have within our hands that ability. Uh, I don't know if it was you, but someone recently said that, uh, you know, the master, we are masters of, of time, his time, like you had spoken, I think it was you spoken yes. about just um, with regard to the, the first month, month of uh, Nissan Nabi, um, when the barley is ripened. Um, right. That uh, we were given that as the first Mitzvah as a as a nation corporately, I guess. The sanctified
0: uh, time, yes.
1: Um. So how important that is, um, and how we can like we can really uh, cause, you know, these days to become shortened, um, for this for our sake. You know, if if we are part of that, the the, the bride, if we are part of the the woman who. Who is crying out for Mashiach and for Hashem to be manifest? Um, so, Baruch Hashem. Amen. Let's leave it at that, I guess. What do we know? What do we know? What do we know? <laughs> All right, I'll close it off with the Bracca. Baruch Atta Adonai Elohim Malek Olam Ashir Natan Lanu <laughs> Torat Amet Bekayi Olam. Nathan the Kinu Baruch Atta Adonai Notena Torah Amen.
0: Amen. Toda Rabah. Hagsamek. to everyone and Shavuoto.
1: Hagsamek Shavuoto.